Welcome to the Friday Night Ohio podcast powered by Sarda. I'm Cliff Hickman of the Canton Repository along with Joe Scalzo of the Rep today. And we're previewing Friday night in week six. A big slate of games in the Federal League, Joe. There's a a lot of stuff going on. At the top of the list, we have Lake and McKinley. Lake looking to get back on track after a tough loss to uh, Jackson last week. And McKinley played really well in a victory over Hoover. Yeah, the story of the the season for McKinley continues to be that offense that they have. Um, Lemire Garrett is just... Another huge night for him rushing the ball. And, and uh, you know, Elijah Wesley's kind of come on as a passer, but, he, you know, he's he's an excellent running threat as well. And, and uh, you know, you're, you're talking about a, a Lake team that, that came off a pretty disappointing loss to Jackson. They, they had some opportunities to, to take a lead at halftime and, and uh, didn't. And, they and, you know, they got shut down in the second half. I, I mean, on paper, I, I've seen both these teams. I, I think it's probably fair to say that McKinley's probably a touchdown or two favorite. And uh, But, you know, traditionally, Lake's played McKinley tough. It, you know, even their losses tend to be um, really competitive games. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Blue Streaks bounce back. You, know, you you mentioned Elijah Wesley and very explosive, of course. He had a 65-yard touchdown run on the last play from scrimmage in the first half when they were basically trying to run out the clock. So a uh, guy you have to account for at all times. Yeah, even when it looks like they're just going to kind of run the clock out, he, he can take it. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, those two guys are, are as dynamic a rushing combination as anybody in Stark County, and and uh, Elijah Wesley just keeps getting better. Um, the, the talent as a passer was there, um, but it wasn't kind of like, you know, all put together in the first few weeks. So, um, you know, one of those teams that maybe you would rather have played them in week one or two, and, and you know, McKinley seems to be picking up steam, and, and uh, you know, Lake's going to be, you know, they're going to be really challenged again. Yeah, it's McKinley's putting up points, that's for <laughs> sure right now. And looking at another big game, Perry at Hoover, Joe. Perry coming off that uh, last-second win over Louisville, and Hoover suffered a setback there against McKinley. So this is another key game in the league right now at a pretty crucial point of the season. Yeah, I mean, whoever loses this is probably out of the league race. Um, you know, I know sometimes the Fair League does go a little wacky, but uh, both of them with one loss already, and and uh you know that it's kind of one of those things the issue for hoover all year has been that defense they just they, i think they're pretty good tacklers they just don't have a lot of playmakers and they don't seem to to have those those uh momentum changing plays that you're looking for and and uh you know perry is the type of offense that can really wear you down and and they can run it well and that's kind of what lewisville did to hoover earlier in the year um so you know challenge for them i mean as far as perry goes it, you know what are they going to do with with that offense against hoover i mean they're so balanced they're so diverse um they can attack you so um, Perry's got to score some points, you know, to keep this a game because it's it's one of those things that, um, although Perry played a little bit better last week, I think there's still some questions about them. You know, they're kind of their ceiling for the year, and uh, you know, Hoover's just a team that can that can score against anybody. Yeah, definitely an intriguing matchup. Then we have Jackson at Glen Oak. That's the last of the league games. Uh, Glen Oak coming off a, a tough stretch, and uh, Jackson off a big win. Also, a former Jackson coach and Bo Balderson mm-hmm. uh, coaching against his old team in this game. Yeah, I talked to both coaches earlier today, and they didn't say, <laughs> they didn't say much about that. Um, they kind of wanted to put the focus on the kids, but I, I think what you're seeing is, you know, 
Balderson's going through the same thing at Glen Oak now that he did it at Jackson. Um, just that, you know, it, it, it might be one of those years where you're, you know, he might have one and nine, and, and I think he went 0 and 10, I think his, you know, first year at Jackson. And um, he's trying to build from the ground up, and, and uh, you know, Tim Budd's kind of benefiting from the, the foundation that, that Bo built at Jackson. He, he kind of took over a program that was strong. Uh, you know, kind of from the top down, and and has been able to build on that, and and you know, seeing them against Lake last week, uh, you know, that's a team that um, is capable of beating McKinley. That's a team that's capable of of winning the Federal League. Their only loss is against a Mayfield team that looks really, really powerful. Um, and you know, Jake Ryan's a guy we talked a lot about, but boy, is he good. He's just if you don't double him, you're you know, you, there's a mismatch every single play, and he only caught two passes against Lake and and ended up with over 100 yards and two touchdowns. So, um, you know, huge X factor. I mean, obviously, th- this game is probably not going to be that competitive. Both programs are in different spots. But, um, you know, it be interesting to see that, uh, you know, moving forward, how good Jackson can be. And I think the schedule kind of sets up well for them that they don't play three straight powers right in a row. Like, well, actually, Lake has to do that. They, yeah, that's <laughs> pretty rough. They play schedule. Jackson, McKin- or McKinley, then Hoover. And, and, you know, sometimes it's good to have those spaced out with some teams that that aren't bad but just you get a little bit more margin for error absolutely and then we have one non-league game in the federal league central catholic stepping up in divisions again to take on green yeah and green had a nice win over glen oak last week um you know kind of a good good thing to build on this year and and certainly central is one of those teams that could be good and just has played some some really powerhouse teams you know obviously new philly took it to them and um you know kind of a, a good winnable game for both of them i think sometimes you know even though the, the league and isn't at stake or anything like that it's it's two teams that, that can win, and that makes the game fun. It's certainly an intriguing game, and at some point of the season, once you get to this part of the year, you might be looking at some games that may not be quite as appealing as that one. Mm-hmm. I think that one's got some genuine intrigue. Yeah, they're good players, and uh, so, it, yeah. It, it could be a fun one, even though it's probably not going to be, you know, one of those that, that decides a lot of things in Stark County. Exactly. It's just uh, good for fans of both teams to have hopefully a really good competitive game there. Mm-hmm. The Friday Night Ohio podcast is powered by Sarda. Sarda providing over 5,000 rides a day for work. Sarda provides over 2.4 million rides a year. Sarda takes you to work, school, medical appointments, and more. Sarda, where can we take you today? How about to the Eastern Buckeye Conference, Joe? We've got uh, the big matchup is Salem at Marlington, and uh, this is intriguing for a few different reasons. Salem's won the past two league games but not what you would call an impressive fashion they uh and uh it's yeah they struggled down the the stretch against winless Carrollton, needed a last second touchdown and they won last week by a couple touchdowns over canton south but the wildcats hung around and then marlington again 14 14 with Carrollton in the first half before needing to pull away late so it's a game with uh, big implications and i think one where both teams have something to prove yeah it's kind of there's some skepticism in your voice about both teams there's kind of a show me game to to earn cliff hickman's uh seal of approval especially with salem because um you know 
it's not just who you beat, it's how you beat them. And, and I'm, I'm getting the sense that you're not convinced. Uh, they seem to be surviving by the skin of their teeth. And their, their non-conference record is always good. They've won 12 straight non-conference games. They always get to this point of the season unbeaten. But if they want to have a special year, Joe, and quiet, quiet the things that are being said by me and probably other people, they need to win this game. Yeah, like you said, you're kind of carrying off uh, not just what you've done this year, but what you've done in the past, and and uh, this is I'm sure this is a great opportunity for them, and and also for Marlington to to kind of show that they're the team that can that can make some noise in the second half of the season. Marlington has seemed to be the most consistent team, albeit that bad first half there against uh, Carrollton, but the running game's really coming on strong with Anthony Sabatino. C.J. Griner is fantastic. They have all the weapons. It's just uh, going to be a matter if it comes together for them mm-hmm. or not. Yeah, you know, coaching change too, and sometimes it takes a couple games. And but uh, yeah, that you went from uh, Bo Balderson loved to pass the ball quite a bit, and he he would run it. But uh, I get the sense under Mark Gulling, the running game is far more of a point of emphasis. And you saw that with Sabatino last week, three rushing touchdowns, over a hundred yards. Again, he's going to have a really nice year if he stays healthy, numbers wise. Yeah. <laughs> And then we're taking a look at Alliance and Canton South. Alliance coming off another tough loss. Canton South, I think, set a season high for points scored against uh, uh, Salem last week. Tyler Karavik has really started to give the Wildcats a spark. So I think this is going to be a, a pretty good game. Good athletes on both sides. If Alliance wants to stay in the EBC race, this is, again, probably one they have to have right here and now. Yeah, everyone's kind of wondering what's what's wrong with Alliance. I think we thought that, um, you know, not that they couldn't still win the league. They're certainly in a, you know, the right spot. But um, what's going on? Why haven't they been better than maybe the, the, or as good as we, we've expected so far? I think it's just uh, some inconsistencies. They were pretty young at the skilled positions coming into the year. Um, they did lose four of the five starting offensive linemen again. Uh, Jeff Talbert at running back has had a couple touchdowns here and there, but isn't posting the big numbers that they they thought he might post coming into the season. So it's been interesting. So And then they've had a couple injuries here and there. They had that whole thing with – the first and second string punters going down in a game that resulted in like three punts being blocked against Chardon and that uh, situation. So combination of tough schedule, inexperience, injuries, and just some inconsistency. But uh, I think they may find things a little bit easier once they get into the EBC portion of the schedule this year. Yeah, I mean, I, and we've kind of talked about it before, but um... – this has been a, a, a disappointing year for the league overall. Just I think it has. Yeah. It really has. It's It's been tough. And uh, to that end, you've got Carrollton at West Branch, two teams that are winless, Joe. It's uh, And two teams that have had a lot of success in the recent past. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be uh, – it's always kind of a fun matchup, but uh, one that certainly doesn't have the luster that it has had in years past. Yeah, and I, I wonder, and maybe you can speak to this, but how does West Branch um, you know, how do they bounce back? Not just from being 0-5, and, and I don't know when the last time they were 0-5, but it has to be a long time. But but losing to a team that, that had, you know, lost 44 straight and, and you know, suddenly – 
um, it's not just that you're struggling, but it's it's who you're struggling against. And, and I mean, that's got to be something that, you know, we're going to learn about a lot about that team over the next five weeks. And like I said, this is a scary game because Carrollton, you think of Salem and Marlington as two of the top teams in the league. And Salem needed to touch down in the final minutes to beat them. And they were tied 14-14 with Marlington after the first half. So you look at Carrollton possibly getting better at this point of the year and trending up from where they were earlier in the year where they scored like 13 points in three games now they're they're scoring more touchdowns getting more points and West Branch uh, other than Brock Hillier the quarterback haven't been able to find a lot of reliable options on offense and teams have been able to put up points on them so it, and they have a first year head coach there too at West Branch so it may be a situation again like Glen Oak where uh, it's a historical power, but one that is in the process of being rebuilt from the ground up. Yeah. Now, I will say, I think one of us in this room picked uh, Minerva to beat West Branch last week. Oh, I think I did. I did take Minerva. I, I, I had a feeling. Of course, yeah. I had that feeling against Beaver Local a couple of weeks before, and that one didn't work out. So I can't claim to be some type of uh, guru. And you can take a look at my record, and I'm like several games behind you, so that speaks for itself. <laughs> but you got that one right. You, yeah. you saw. Uh, what we didn't see or maybe you just had courage i don't know uh, i just had a feeling i just it's it's hard to explain and how about riverview at minerva the non-conference game minerva looking for we could be talking about another streak with the lions joe a winning streak yeah and i i think it's probably just encouraging for minerva to like not have that weight on their shoulders to just be able to go out and play nobody the, the narrative is gone you can enjoy exactly. yourself and now you can just focus on being a football team rather than being that team with the, that long losing streak so we'll see they, they've played good football uh you know all year there you know it was a, a you know that that game against beaver local that got out of hand but um you know i think they've been in every other game so uh, i don't see any reason why they can't they, they can't win another one or two the rest of the year and it wasn't like it was some kind of fluke win against west branch they outgained them by a couple hundred yards they had 300 yards yeah rushing. they got chance martino garrison mark and steven place this three-headed monster at running back that is they're generating yards all of them are averaging i think in that game were above five yards a carry so they got they uh they may not be done winning is what i'm trying to say yeah and i, I don't know what you were doing but i was at you know lake jackson game and i was keeping an eye on twitter just to kind of see and in, in the also uh, was i Ohio was in here work. in the office yeah. that was one i was uh, kind of following with uh, great intrigue and so. it seemed to blow up on social media too afterward i think everyone's just really happy for the lions and definitely uh yeah nice not to have to lead off the pig view with that downer of, of a losing streak this week when and, I write it. That's right. And no offense to West Branch, but, you know, Minerva is Stark County and West Branch is... is uh Mahoney West County. Branch, I think, like I said, <laughs> it'll be fine. Historically, they've been very good. Yeah. It's just... Uh, I, I think it may be like a Glen Oak situation. New coach, you got to rebuild the thing, and yeah, well, it just may take some time. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, definitely a great night for Minerva, and I think they may get a couple more before we're done here. Yeah, looks that way. All right, the Goodwill Drive to Victory returns this season, Joe. Fans will be able to donate clothes and housewares at a donation trailer set up at a participating site. Donations will be sold in local Goodwill stores and support employment programs for people in our community with disabilities or other barriers to employment. Donate stuff, help your school, help our community. 
And now we're going to take a look at some other big games that maybe don't fit into the uh, two biggest leagues in the area, Joe. We can start off with uh, Maslin at Fitch. Uh, that's it's always you know you always kind of overlook the Tigers because they're so good, and <laughs> you I kind of take for granted that they're going to have an exceptional performance every week. So it kind of slips my mind. Yeah, let's let's, let's really dig into that uh, win over Firestone from last week. Let's spend a good twenty minutes uh, on that. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, we could say Aiden Longwell broke another. I think he holds all the passing records and is going to make the next person really work to catch him. Yeah, and time he's done what's interesting is i think the coaches kind of mutually agreed in the second quarter to make a running clock and i i like that a lot i think that's just one of those things that that needed to happen yeah let's let's not you know prolong this and make it embarrassing for anybody and so good job for for both those coaches and and and, you know the thing that's interesting to me about this game is um not just whether Maslin will continue the domination or domination but you know austin town fitch i think is ninth in region five which is the region for you know basically all those federal league division two teams as well as alliance and and so i think a lot of teams in the federal league are probably rooting for Maslin, figuring they're already in because you sure. know, they're trying to get those spots you know and i think you know a team like perry or lake is probably gonna have to go maybe seven and three and hoover maybe you know or eight and two and so um the less competition you have the the better for them and um you know it's a it's another solid fitch team probably not one of their best teams though and and uh you got to be at your best against maslin yeah you certainly do and taking a look at another big matchup uh, coming out of the Youngstown area, how about Howland at Louisville, Joe? Louisville off another tough down-to-the-wire loss. Uh, Last-second field goal by uh, Perry last week uh, sunk the Leopards. And the Panthers able to throw the ball down the field after a big kickoff return to get in position for that. So a real heartbreaker for Louisville. Yeah, boy, you look and you talk about a team that could be five and zero with the play here or there. Um, it's just it seems like every year in Stark County, there's that that poor good team, bad record team, and it's Louisville. Yeah, and it's Louisville, and, and the and the the frustrating thing for them, I'm sure is the fact that, you know, they got a really good senior class. You know, if they were in the Northeastern Buckeye Conference still, I mean, they'd be looking at 8-2 and two probably and, and you know, making a run. They would probably three. run the league. Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, it's so it, – there's a lot of talent. I think this team is good enough to be in the playoffs, um, you know, but, you know, again, you already have three losses. You have that Maslin game looming. And so that Perry game was is just just a gut punch. And, and this is a pretty decent Howland team. I think they beat Boardman – um, you know, I, I think they're three and two, they, you know, they barely lost the Hubbard, um, you know, so they've got some good wins. They traditionally been a, a you know, really solid program over in Trumbull County. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a good game for them because I think if they play well, they should probably win that game. And, uh, you know, so, um, it's not another better league team that's like twice the size of them it's it's a school that's similarly sized and i think it's a good matchup yeah definitely some intrigue with that one it should be a good game and we've also got a couple really nice games in the pack seven this week northwest at cvca uh, Northwest coming off a really narrow loss to mm-hmm. Orville that went uh, several hours, it seemed like, <laughs> on Friday night, an hour after everyone else. But, wow, a great game, and Northwest proved they could hang with just about anybody. Yeah, you talk about a, a game that probably, you know, you didn't need to win to earn respect because the way they played and, and who they played against, uh, that's that's big time. I think, 
you know, I know it's only week five, but can we say Northwest football is back after? Uh, I think so. A long... I think that's more than safe. Uh, the the Mick to Mick connection, Jordan Mick to Braden Mick, was a big uh, touchdown. I think Braden Mick only caught two or three passes, but over 150 yards receiving. Uh, Jordan Mick, three rushing touchdowns. He can run it. He can throw it. They are, I think, a, a serious threat down the stretch to keep an eye out for, especially when it comes to. Week eleven, I think they, uh, I think, I think they're back, and I, I think they could be poised for a nice playoff run, Joe. Yeah, I mean, Joe Harbor even said before last week's game, he didn't feel like that offense and that, especially the passing game, had clicked the way that he thought they were capable of doing. So they, they got good football behind them and maybe better football ahead of them. Yeah, and uh, I, Markel Parks did end up with six touchdowns, but this was at halftime they held him to like seventeen yards rushing. I mean, he got loose in the second half, mm-hmm. but I mean, that defense is pretty good too for Northwest. So, yeah. And then uh, speaking of Markel Parks, you got Orville at Tusla, the Mustangs coming off an upset win over, uh, well, at least what some would consider an upset win over I know. Manchester. I, I, I thought it yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> but that was a nice win for them, and their reward is trying to find a way to corral Markel Parks, who has pretty much seemed to do whatever he feels like against anyone he plays well it was raining today so maybe like there's some flu going around or i don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's just a tough matchup for anyone just watching highlights of parks i mean he's unbelievable yeah maybe uh maybe maybe if you're mckinley you're good because you just have athletes everywhere oh exactly but But as far as a small school you know going through the pack seven that's a tough matchup for anybody to draw but yeah, we underestimated them last week. So Tesla, we are doing it again this week, and so you can you, you can, can put it on the bulletin board. And <laughs> I'm sure both of us won't hesitate to take credit if you do win. Yeah, and I mean, let's not take away like that's a big win over Manchester. It, it really is. I mean, Ethan Wright had looked like he had gotten on track and mm-hmm. things were trending in the right direction, and Tesla really shut them down. That was a great win for the Mustangs. Yeah, that uh, I mean, and, and you look, hey. Ethan Wright graduates, you know, it's, you know, suddenly next year, you know, it's not just that you beat Manchester this year, but, you know, Tuslaw's program's in good shape now. I mean, you could look to to be contender. Yeah, they did lose uh, Coach Mark Gulling over to Marlington. His brother, Matt Gulling, stepped in. So you would think there's a lot of consistency in the way that program's run from year to year. Probably some differences, but I'm sure they're all very comfortable with what they're doing. Yeah, you know, they got, they're doing good things down there. I'd like to remind you that the Akron Children's Hospital FridayNightOhio.com Game of the Week continues in Week 6 on Friday. This week we have Perry at Hoover. That should be a really fun Federal League game. You can find the broadcast in partnership with iHeartRadio on FridayNightOhio.com and the Friday Night Ohio app. Sam Berkwin will have all the action for you, a great friend of the show and an avid listener of the podcast. He always supports us, so make sure to support him. Again, the FridayNightOhio.com Akron Children's Hospital Game of the Week is Perry at Hoover. And uh, we're going to take a look at a couple smaller schools in the area that have big games. Malvern at East Canton, Joe. I think there's a lot of intrigue in this one. Uh, East Canton coming off a, a tough loss again last week. Malvern, I think, has probably exceeded expectations to this point in the season. So I think that's going to be one to 
keep an eye on, one that should be really competitive, really close, really fun. Uh, Tusky Central Catholic in Sandy Valley. I think the Cardinals might have an opportunity to really put up some points there with uh, Cameron Blair. And then St. Thomas Aquinas looking to break that two-game losing streak against Western Reserve Academy. That is a Saturday game. So a couple of things to keep an eye on there joe anything else you're uh watching out for this week um no i think it's uh you know i think we're finally starting to see um teams separate themselves and this is another week to do that but i this 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 week's slate of games probably isn't quite as good as we've had in some other weeks so um it's kind of setting up for a fun finish uh in, in weeks ahead Absolutely. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Friday Night Ohio podcast. Thanks for downloading and listening. This podcast is powered by Sarda. Sarda providing over 5,000 rides a day for work. Sarda provides over 2.4 million rides a year. Sarda takes you to work, school, medical appointments, and more. Sarda, where can we take you today? They're taking us home right now, Joe. Well, they're taking me to my desk where I can continue working. They might be taking you home soon. That's uh, exactly where they're taking me. I'm going to finish a story about Jensen Lewis at the Hall of Fame Luncheon Club. So uh, check uh, be, that out. Be, make sure to go to cantonrep.com and check that out. That probably will be up by the time you're hearing this or close to it. This is a podcast from the Canton Repository Sports Department. Look for our next episode late Friday night, early Saturday morning. I make no predictions on the time. For Joe Scalzo and Cliff Hickman, this has been the FridayNightOhio.com podcast. We'll see you after a while.